to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. Before I get into the meat of today's episode, I want to share a quick update with you. I am putting together a one-month, done-for-you, free workout program. This is going to be a fall fitness kickstart for busy creatives who want to have more energy and feel stronger. I am going to be combining strength training and cardio workouts in this program. So it's going to be a three to four workout a week program. The number that you do will just depend on how much time you have to train and how experienced you are. And everything's going to be done for you. The exercises will all have videos. There'll be instructions. There will even be options to scale the workout, which means if you can't do a certain exercise because your gym doesn't have the right equipment or because perhaps that exercise bugs your knees or your back, you'll know that there's going to be an option in there that should be a better fit for you. So I don't have an exact release date yet for this program, but it's going to be sometime in September or October. So stay tuned for more info about that. The way it's going to work is I will um, post a link on my social media, really all over my social media. I'll be sending it out to my email list. And if you are a podcast listener, I'll be sure to include it in the show notes. And basically all you'll do is you will submit your email and you'll be able to download the program and go through it. Um, One thing I'm really excited about is that everybody who ends up downloading the program is going to have the option of working with me one-on-one for 50% off the price of your first month. So when I work with one-on-one clients, I have a three-month initial commitment with people. Sometimes people stay a lot longer. I've been training some people since 2015. So a lot of my clients stick around. Others stick around for just three months or six months or nine months. There's no pressure, but When you download this Fall Fitness Kickstart, if you're a new client, you're going to be able to get 50% off your first month of that three-month commitment. So I'm really putting this out there because I want to give you the tools that you need to take charge of your fitness. Summer is often a time when we kind of fall off the wagon a little bit, which is fine. We take vacations. A lot of times busy creative people are traveling to different shows or festivals or things like that, and we tend to get out of our regular routine. We also tend to sleep a little less, to eat a little bit more, drink a little bit more. And as the leaves start to change, I know it's not happening right now, but it will be, and kids go back to school and the temperatures get a little colder, there's just something about the fall that is a perfect time to recommit to your fitness goals. And what I'm doing with this program is just showing you exactly what to do in order to get stronger and have more energy. No wasted time, no showing up to the gym wondering which exercises you should be doing or, you know, which um, training methods are going to give you the most bang for your buck. I'm going to do all that work for you and all you have to do is show up and train and execute to see results. So again, stay tuned for more info about this. I'm really excited about it. Um, The program's going to be super fun and I look forward to hopefully seeing some of you in that group as well. So today I want to talk all about how to get strong. 
being strong is super important to me. The literal name of this podcast is Building Stronger Creatives. And I think it was episode two where I talked specifically about why creative people need strength training. If you haven't already listened to that, I'd love for you to go back and check it out. There's a lot of benefits to exercise in general for professional artists or hobbyists, but strength training in particular has benefits that you just can't get from other types of exercise. And I really think if you're not lifting weights or doing some type of regular resistance training, you're really missing the boat when it comes to improving your fitness levels, feeling better, so fewer aches and pains, having more energy, and just generally being better prepared to take on the demands of life. So I'm not going to spend this episode convincing you to get strong since I already did a whole episode on that. So again, go check out episode two if you want to learn more about the rationale behind strength training for creative people. In today's episode, I want to get a little more tactical, and I'm going to share eight strategies that you should keep in mind when it comes to getting stronger. So why this episode? If you just go to a group exercise class or you just go to the gym and sort of lift weights and do whatever you feel like, you might make some strength gains initially. For example, if you haven't been training for a while or if you're brand new to working out, you'll probably get stronger doing just about anything. But after that initial period fades, you have to be more intelligent with your training and you have to push yourself in the right ways in order to get those specific strength adaptations. So I wanna share things that you really need to keep in mind when getting stronger is one of your big fitness goals. The first thing we need to keep in mind is the principle of specificity. So this sounds super sciencey, but let me explain what it means. The specificity principle basically says that, you know, if you want to get really good at specific physical tasks, your training has to really be tailored to those tasks. So let's use a few examples here. If you want to be a fast marathon runner and you also want to be a competitive um, strength athlete of some kind, maybe let's say you're competing in a powerlifting meet, you're going to have a hard time with that because the type of training required to become a really good marathon runner is very different from the type of training required to become a really strong strength athlete. For example, for marathon running, you have to log lots and lots of miles out running. Um, You're probably going to be losing some weight and muscle mass that might actually be holding you back from running a faster time. With strength training, sure, you need a basic level of cardio, but you really don't need the ability to like work for three, you know, two, three hours at a time. You need the ability to generate a ton of power in a really short amount of time. And, you know, you need strength and muscle in order to move the heaviest loads. So these two types of training, you know, if you want to be really good at both of them, they don't really play well together. Now, let me use an example um, from the weight room. So let's say you have a goal of increasing your deadlift. Okay. now if you are um, training a specific deadlift, so let's just say you're doing a barbell conventional deadlift from the floor. And if you're not training that specific movement in your workouts, you're probably going to have a hard time increasing your numbers. Let's say you're doing other lower body movements like you're squatting, maybe you're doing RDLs or even swings. All these things will help you. They're supplemental. But ultimately, if you want to get better at deadlifting, you have to deadlift. So what's the point of all this? When we're considering our goals with strength, it's important to ask ourselves, you know, what does it actually mean to us to be strong? When I was getting started with lifting, I did compete in powerlifting. So to me, I needed to have a big back squat, a big bench press, and a big deadlift. And so I had to train those movements a lot and spend a lot of time working on them in order to get better. 
Now my goals are to be strong more generally so that I feel good in my daily life and I can go on outdoor adventures like hiking and things like that. So now is it really that important for me to have a big back squat or bench press or deadlift? Not necessarily. So my goals now are actually a little bit less specific, which means that I can do more variety in my training. So again, if you have a particular exercise or movement that you're trying to improve, it's really important that you work on that and your training kind of centers around it. If your goals are more general, that gives you more freedom to include different exercises and train in different ways. So again, the more, the better you want to get at something like to be elite at any athletic or physical performance, or the more specific the task that you want to improve, the more your training has to be centered around that. And if you don't do that, you're going to be really disappointed with your results. The second thing we need to keep in mind that's so, so important with strength training is the concept of progressive overload. This basically just means that over time, you have to be pushing yourself harder and doing more work if you want to get stronger. What actually happens when we go to the gym? Essentially, we place some kind of a stressor on the body. Since we're talking about strength training, let's just say we're lifting a weight that's heavy. And some internal damage that's not necessarily harmful on a small scale is done to the body. There might be some tears in the muscle. There's going to be fatigue in our nervous system. A lot of things are happening. And basically, we go home and rest and our body builds back better so that next time it feels better equipped to handle that specific task. And, you know, the way that this works, you know, if we're leaving enough time for recovery, which I'm going to talk about later, is that eventually the same task, so the same amount of weight or the same exercise or training method is no longer challenging for our body. So when we go into the gym and we just do the same thing, after a while, we're not getting any better from that because our body's already built itself up to be able to handle that specific task. So if you want to continue to get stronger, and really if you want to continue to improve any level of your fitness, there has to be gradual and progressive challenges over time. Now, when it comes to lifting weights, the most obvious way to do this is to lift heavier weights. And if you're training in a gym with lots of equipment, especially if your workouts include lots of dumbbell, kettlebell, or barbell movements, it's probably going to be easy for you to increase weight, even if it's just a small amount of weight over time. Now, not all training tools are super conducive to this. So for example, if you're training with sandbags, you probably have one or two or maybe a handful of sandbags, but they're at set weights and the weights are going to be a big leap from each other. So it's not really practical to increase the weight to make it harder. So it's also important when we consider progressive overload to know that there are many ways to make something more challenging beyond weight. Weight is great, but it's not always an option. And actually, if you've been training for a really long time, it's just going to be harder and harder to add weight. So we need to look for other ways to progress. Some of those other ways include adding more volume. So that means at the same weight, we'd be doing more sets and or more reps. We could progress to a more challenging exercise. For example, instead of doing a split squat, we might progress to a lunge or a rear foot elevated split squat. We can change the way that we are holding the bar or the load. So for a barbell squat, a zercher squat is going to be easier than a front squat, which is going to be easier than a back squat. Um, There are a lot of ways to change the way that you are, you know, holding the weight or moving your body to make an exercise slightly more challenging. One thing that I have often done with my clients who train at home and don't have a lot of equipment is to use something called intensity techniques. One example would be doing a one and a half rep version of an exercise. So for a one and a half rep row, you might pull your elbow up to your side, lower it halfway, 
pull it back up to your side and then lower it all the way. And that would be one rep. This basically increases the time that you're doing the set, which makes the exercise more challenging. You can change the tempo of a movement in another way, like adding a pause or slowing part of it down. Um, if you're training at a gym, especially if you're using something like machines or dumbbells, you can do drop sets where you're starting at a heavier weight, doing a bunch of reps and then lowering the weight, doing more reps and continuing in that fashion. And then you can even make exercises more challenging by the way that you're grouping them together. So if you do a bunch of exercises that are kind of the same movement pattern or hit similar muscles, you're going to be more fatigued and it's going to be more challenging. So um, all this just to say that there are a lot of ways that you can progress and make your workouts more challenging beyond simply adding weight. But it's really, really important when you want to get stronger that over time you're doing more and working harder than you used to. If you're just doing the same things that you were doing before, um, you know, year after year after year, you can pretty much rest assured that you haven't actually gotten much stronger. The third principle that's really important when it comes to building strength is that most of the time we want to think about movements as opposed to muscles. Thinking about muscles is sort of the stereotypical bodybuilder approach to fitness. So you have six or seven exercises for chest and six or seven exercises for back and, you know, 10 exercises for legs and, you know, five exercises for biceps. And a lot of times when you go to the gym, your workouts are literally centered around muscle groups. So you might have a chest and triceps day or a back and biceps day. And this approach, um, it can work, especially for trainees who are pretty advanced and have a lot of experience that they can handle a lot of volume and they can recover from that. But if your main goal is to get strong, this is not the most efficient way to train. Strength is all about efficiency. So it's not just about like having big muscles, <laughs> although that can help you build more strength. Strength is really about your brain and your body learning to um, fire the right combination of muscles at the right time to move loads in the most efficient way. Think about it. You're going to be able to lift a heavier load if there's no wasted energy or body parts in the wrong places. That's why strength training is about a lot more than just building muscle. It's also about training your nervous system and your brain to control your body more efficiently. The main way that our nervous system, you know, uh, helps with this is that we move in movement patterns. So a movement pattern is going to be like a movement that uses lots of different joints and muscles at once. So for example, instead of thinking of, oh, I'm doing squats to build my quads, I'm squatting because I need to include a squat movement pattern. Or instead of doing a Romanian deadlift to hit my hamstrings, I'm including it because it's a hip hinge. So in practice, a lot of the exercises might be similar, but the way that you put the workouts together is going to be different. And we want to make sure for strength that most of what we're doing are these big compound movements that are teaching our body to move efficiently, okay? There's a time and a place for isolation exercises, things like curls and lateral raises and glute kickbacks and stuff like that, but that stuff is probably not going to do a lot to increase your strength. So when you're organizing your workouts, think movement patterns. So think squats, hip hinges, upper body pushing and pulling, loaded carries, stuff like that, as opposed to, you know, chest, back, buys, glutes, etc. And when you focus on getting stronger and improving your form with those movement patterns, you're going to see your strength gains seriously increase. The fifth thing to keep in mind is that we... Oh, fourth thing to keep in mind, excuse me, is that strength is about not just moving heavy loads, but also resisting heavy loads. So this is important to keep in mind if you're someone who doesn't have access to a lot of weights. So you might think, man, like 
I can't really get that strong because I don't have heavy enough weights. If you can change your workouts to include more movements where you are resisting forces with lighter loads, you can still build seriously impressive levels of strength. One great way to do this that really helps improve the way your body moves and the way your joints feel is to start to include different planes of motion in your training. So most of the stuff we traditionally do at the gym is in what's called the sagittal plane, which is basically forwards and backwards. So think squatting, lunging, rows, uh, push-ups, all that stuff is happening forwards and backwards. As we get stronger, we want to start to include more movements that happen side to side, which is the uh, frontal plane. Okay, so thinking lateral squats into lateral lunges, different row variations, um, different hinging variations. And when we're doing stuff in the lateral plane, you know, we're resisting more forces. Okay, even exercises like lunges and split squats and step ups where we're on one leg, we have to resist more forces. You can think about Force is kind of pulling your body so that you would fall forward on a lunge or you'd rotate your hips. In order to use good form, you have to fight against all of that. So this is a little bit more nuanced topic, but just know that strength isn't just about how much weight you can move or push or pull. It's also about how much weight or force you can resist in order to keep your body in the position you want it to be in. And this has really strong applications to daily life because a lot of times when people get hurt in their daily life, it's because they find themselves in some weird, random, fucked up position that their body isn't prepared for. So the more your body is good at resisting unwanted forces and keeping your joints in the right place, the more familiar you are with different planes of motion, for example, going side to side, the less likely you are that if you find yourself in those positions, like going for a weird catch in a pickup game or tripping and eating shit on the ice, the less, you know, those things aren't going to be as big of a deal for your body. So that's really important to keep in mind. The fifth principle of getting stronger is that it's really important to learn and uh, reinforce proper form. So a lot of the movements that we think of as big strength training movements, squats, deadlifts, bench press, pull-ups, are challenging movements. And they're challenging not just like from a muscle standpoint, but also from a technical standpoint. You can really spend decades or even your entire lifting career refining your form on these movements. When I work with clients who are intermediate, one of the main things that I do, um, and I'm talking in-person specifically, although I do do this with online clients as well, is help clients clean up their form and remove some of those inefficiencies that I mentioned earlier. A lot of times you can just keep throwing weight on the bar when you're a new lifter and like your technique might suck, but it's fine. But you'll get to a certain point where either that won't work anymore or it'll have you feeling more beat up and you might not start to feel very good from your workouts. So in these cases, if we can, you know, learn to use our core more effectively, learn to use our feet and hands more effectively, understand the timing and breathing and all these things that go into good form, Again, we're going to put our body in a better position. We're going to keep our joints in a more efficient alignment, and that's going to make it easier to generate force and move those heavier loads. So if you are someone who is interested in strength training for life, which I hope all of you are because it's really a pursuit that you can continue to refine and get better at year after year, I want you to accept that you're always going to be working on your form on these big lifts. Okay, it's part of the fun. It's part of the journey. So the more that you can seek out an experienced coach who can give you an eye for that, or maybe you study some great lifters or you take a course or something like that, you know, the better you're going to have with your own lifting. Now, 
Learning good form doesn't necessarily mean you're never going to get injured. As a side note, there's really no way to totally prevent injuries because they're so complex and there's so many factors and some of them don't actually have anything to do with training. For example, if you're stressed out, like someone broke up with you or you're pissed at your boss or you have an audition coming up, like those things can impact your body. Um, even if you have great form, you might still, um, you know, find yourself in a bad position. However, you can, you know, generally reduce a lot of the risk. If you learn good form, you move efficiently and you just keep your joints in a better position. And of course, getting stronger and building strength and resiliency in the gym actually makes you a lot more um, resilient to injuries outside the gym as well. So it's really more dangerous not to strength train and to be weak and dysfunctional versus to go to the gym and you know, potentially put yourself at risk. But just know that learning good form is really going to uh, go a long way to help you feel better in and out of the gym. Number six, and this is really important, is that in order to get strong, you know, I kind of mentioned this earlier with progressive overload, but we really need to be moving heavy loads. And in order to move heavy loads, we need to do lower reps. So if you are serious about building strength, definitely a good chunk of your training time should be done in like the three to eight rep range, you know, somewhere in there. This is the rep range that's going to allow you to move the heaviest loads. And it's not hard to visualize this. Imagine the weight that you could squat for 15 reps versus the weight that you could only squat for four reps, okay? We need those heavy loads. We need that tension on the body. Um, we need to practice creating enough efficiency that we can move those heavy loads. And we really can't do that if we're doing tons and tons of rest, uh, reps. Excuse me. Speaking of rest, we also need to make sure that we take enough rest in between sets to allow us to do these heavier load, low rep sets. So you're never going to get super strong if your workout is a bajillion reps and you're not taking any rest and you're just trying to keep your heart rate as jacked up as high as possible. If you want to get strong, at least part of the workout, at least the part where you're working on kind of your main bread and butter strength movements needs to be lower rep and it needs to have plenty of rest. Now, don't take this too far and only test your one, two, and three rep maxes all the time. That's not a recipe for building strength because there you're only testing what you're capable of. You're pushing your body right up to the limit. What we want is to train a little below the limit and to do, you know, a little bit more volume. So a little bit more overall reps, give ourselves time to rest and recover, and then we'll build back stronger for next time. It's important to do low reps, but I don't want you testing your maxes all the time. Trust me, I know I wasn't there. I've done that. It can be fun for a while, but as soon as those numbers start to slow down, which they absolutely will, it's not very fun anymore. It's very disempowering, and it's also not great for your joints. So, you know, low reps, um, but not so low that it would just be considered testing your max all the time. The seventh thing I want to mention is that we want to make sure we don't neglect assistance work. So uh, this is another thing that I work on a lot with my intermediate clients. A lot of people do what I used to do, which is they're working on their squat, for example. And so they only squat. They squat, they squat, they squat, which is great. You know, like I mentioned before, if we want to get better at squatting, we have to squat. But they get to a certain point where like a particular chain of muscles or a particular part of a movement is holding them back in their squat performance. But because they don't do any other exercises, all they're doing is squatting. They're not doing anything to address that weakness. So this is where things like assistance work come in. And assistance work I consider to be really anything that's not your like main strength movement, but that's helping you build overall strength and resiliency. So a lot of times it could be proper core training, learning to brace your core effectively so that when you have a heavy bar or some other heavy load in your hand, you're not arching your back or falling all over the place. 
A lot of times with deadlifting, we need some extra work for the hamstrings or even the quads and glutes because our, we tend to get stuck in a specific part of the rep. Um, with bench pressing, a lot of times triceps are a weak point. We struggle to lock out the lift. Again, maybe our core is weak and we're sort of loosey-goosey on the bench. Now, of course, I mentioned before that you don't have to back squat deadlift and bench press, but consider what are the movements that you're focusing on getting strong on and think which part of this movement, which particular muscle is kind of holding me back. And then we want to look for exercises that complement that and will help you bring up that weak spot. We don't only want to be squatting or doing our main movement. We want to be doing the main movement and we want to be doing other things that complement it as well. And this is a great strategy also to prevent boredom and burnout with training. The final thing I want to say is that recovery is super important for strength training. If you're actually putting in the work to get strong, so you're using heavy loads, you know, you're challenging yourself with these big movements, um, you need to give your body time to recover. Like I mentioned before, you go to the gym, you put some kind of stressor on your body, and then you have to go home and rest so that your body can build back better next time. So if you want to get strong, you know, make sure that you're not training hard every single day of the week. I definitely don't recommend lifting every day of the week. So maybe you mix in some recovery days or a cardio day, something like that. Um, we want to make sure that we give ourselves time to build back from the workout. We want to also make sure we're doing things like getting enough sleep and eating enough food. If you're eating in a caloric deficit to try to lose weight, you might be able to maintain some of the strength you already have, but you're definitely going to have a hard time building more strength, if only because your body and your brain are going to be fatigued from the stress of dieting, so your nervous system won't be able to fire optimally and you won't be as efficient in the gym. So if strength and building strength are important to you, get enough sleep, make sure you're eating enough food, and make sure that you're not training hard every single day of the week. So just to summarize, eight principles that are important to keep in mind when it comes to building strength. Number one is specificity. So if you want to get strong at a particular exercise or with a particular training tool, for example, kettlebells or barbells or sandbags, you have to make sure that your training is kind of centered around that thing. You'll never get stronger at kettlebells if you never train kettlebells. I mean, you might get you might build a base of strength that could translate, but if you're serious about taking it to the next level and pushing yourself, you need to make sure you're at least spending some time on the thing that's most important to you. The second principle is that of progressive overload. Basically, you can't just do the same shit over and over again and expect to make continued strength gains. You have to either lift more weight or do more volume or increase the difficulty of your workouts in some other way. You don't need to make everything harder every single workout, but if you start to look at your workout logs over the long term, you should be able to see that gradually you're working harder and harder or doing more and more. Number three is that we want to think movements and not muscles. It's fine if you want to do some isolation work at the end of your sessions to get a pump or because it's fun, but if you're serious about getting strong, most of your training should center around variations of squats and lunges. Uh, hip hinges, so things like deadlifts and swings, good mornings, upper body pushing movements, upper body pulling movements, and then loaded carries and core training movements. These are the movements that give you the most bang for your buck and help train your body to move efficiently so that you can transfer heavy loads. The fourth principle is that strength is about both moving heavy loads and resisting loads. This is important to keep in mind as you start to do things like single arm and leg exercises or if you don't have access to a ton of weights and you need to make your training harder in other ways. It's not all about how much weight you can move. There are a lot of other factors going on as well. 
Number five, if you want to get strong, it's really important to learn good form and refine it over time. This might not totally prevent injuries, but it absolutely sets you up to be healthier and more resilient, and it's going to make it easier for you to move those heavy loads. Number six, in order to get strong, like I said, we have to move heavy loads. And in order to do that, you need to be doing lower rep sets, at least some of them, and you need to be taking plenty of rest in between sets. Number seven, don't neglect assistance work. Most people won't get stronger overall if they only train three or four exercises. It's important to be well-rounded and consider where are my weaknesses and how can I address them with other exercises. And number eight, don't forget about recovery. It's cliche, but you actually get stronger outside the gym. So if you're not giving yourself any time to build back better, all that hard work, you know, and focus and effort is going to go to waste because you're not going to get stronger and you might actually end up worse than when you started off. So I hope this is helpful. Again, if you're interested in seeing how this kind of plays out in a training program, I'm going to be releasing a fall fitness kickstart, which is a one month done for you training program. It's centered around helping creatives build strength and also increase their endurance, which I'll talk more about in a separate episode. But stay tuned for that because it's going to give you all the tools you need to be successful in the gym. If you have questions for me or requests for an episode, I always love to hear from you. And my DMs are open all the time on Instagram. It's at Caroline Juster, Caroline with an I and then J-U-S-T-E-R. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to hearing you, seeing you rather on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,